As a business owner of an aquaculture company, how can you take the first step to be profitable and sustainable at the same time? That's what we're going to be talking about in these episodes. Hello, and welcome to the Business of Aquaculture podcast. This is the podcast for the sustainable business movement in the aqua farming and ocean ranching industries. This podcast aims to amplify the voices of entrepreneurs addressing the United Nations Global Goals, aka Sustainable Development Goals, number 14, to conserve and sustainably use the oceans and the seas. Listen in to fellow business aquaculturists in their journey in this new model of food production of making their business sustainable and help the ocean's ecology while also making a profit all at the same time. Get inspired to learn how even small to medium businesses can make an impact to save the seas, leave a legacy, and have a better quality of life. One of our goals is you take away a nugget of wisdom that will help your business move from the industrial revolution to business 5.0. Our vision is that of collaboration in the aquaculture industry. I'm Lourdes Gant, your host. Thank you very much, everybody, for showing up today and being a part of our premier launch of AquaConnect Conference, which is how we can collaborate in the global aquaculture community. But let me tell you a story on how this came about. It was May 2021, and that's a month, a year and two months after the pandemic. I attended a five-day full-time marketing micro-school from one of my partners, who's also one of the partners of this conference, Genius U. It's an edtech platform that's listed in the New York Stock Exchange. It talked a lot about of information, just like what we had today. And But what struck me the most was one thing. In that marketing micro-school, it was talking about podcasting. And so I thought I was not confident enough to actually produce a show because Obviously, our industry is very technical. I didn't have the technical background or experience as I was very new in the industry. But I knew that Maximizer is one of my strengths. And so I'm always on Zoom anyway. Who wasn't when COVID hit? So I thought I just hit the record button and I'll be capturing information. So the mentor said, you can just start with 15 episodes and then see if you like it. So I put on a date on my calendar, just like we told you to put the date of when the next conference is. So that start date was May 7, 2021. And here we are, two years later, 100 plus episodes, completing season seven this month, and we're launching season eight in November, and a floodgate of really meaningful conversations, just like what you've seen today, and almost 17,000 plus downloads. So there's a lot of things that happened after the podcast launch, but one of the most heartwarming feedback that we got was, I would not have finished my thesis if I didn't find out about your podcast by accident. This was from a university student. She said that the experts who, interviewed, who you interviewed gave me hope that there's future in aquaculture. So I'd like to share that with you because... That's just one of the demographics of the listeners of the show. Um, there, we have investors. We have obviously small to medium businesses. And part of the education program that we're launching is because there, was not, there, were, not, there were not enough information out there when I started in the industry 15 years ago. So this will also not be possible without our sponsors. So 
I mentioned a while ago about people. I love people coming from the Philippines. It's just normal for us to always connect with people. So I'd like to thank our sponsors and you'll be seeing more of them in our next conferences, but there are people behind these company names. So I would like to personally thank Olivia and Israel Pons who connected me with Pitch in the Sky, Mexico and Angel's Nest in Latin America. And I have Gwyn Jones and my Association of Sustainability Practitioners Community in Europe, who I actually met via Zoom as well. I haven't met them in person, but they have been my family, ASP. And then obviously our Tim Kennedy and Sherry Bolio and, and their team, the Canadian Aquaculture Industry Alliance. Deb Hellbach and her team at the Vancouver Island University and Center for Seafood Innovation. Amy Novogratz, Una Eager from Netherlands, who are so gracious with their time and obviously they are supporting us with what we're doing in the education in the sustainable aquaculture sphere from Aquaspark. Binnacle, you will hear from him tomorrow, who I met in Spain when I was in Barcelona attending the Stevie Awards event in 2017, and he'll be talking later about innovation. Binnacle is the name of the company. Robert Arthurs International, I think maybe you saw Robert um, join us in the conference today and Victor Gordado from Baja California. So obviously this will also not be possible without my team on the background, Michelle, Marilise, Stacy, Ross, Sharad, obviously, and Mary, and Michelle Nolting and Anna Poverjik from Genius U team. So I'd like to ask you this question. If we were having this discussion three years from today and you're looking back over those three years. What has to happen in your life, both personally and professionally, for you to feel happy with your progress? This has been a question that I always ask myself quarterly, and it's an R factor question devised by one of my coaches named Dan Sullivan, and R stands for relationship. So I'd like to think of that during the rest of my conversation with you today and in the next two days or if you already know you can jot that down maybe you wanted to put it on the chat so you can declare it with everybody who's here today so that we can support you how that's going to happen but for now here's a message from our founder mr eric gant wayne gretzky was once asked what was the secret of his success and he said he never goes for what the fuck is so that's really the same question where is the puck going to be and that's what i want you to think about where will you be three years from now maybe two years from now a year from now hopefully i get to see you in the next aqua connect conference next year you already have the dates and so with that i'd like to tell you the top 10 trends in sustainable aquaculture and more the operative word here is more so in 2021 i amalgamated all of the interviews that i did on the podcast so i literally have one question to all of the guests on my show and that was what is the future trend that you're seeing in aquaculture you can listen to it on episode one season two in 2022 i amalgamated all of the interviews i did on the podcast combining all of the experts brains on what the top 10 future trends are in aquaculture but i added two more questions what's not changing and what are the challenges that they're seeing in aquaculture you can listen to it on episodes two and three on season three but on 2023 
on the onset of ChatGPT being launched last November 2022, I presented the top trends in sustainable aquaculture using ChatGPT and with my AI presenter, Jackie. So here's a little bit of that, and we will drop on the link the whole presentation. I'm not going to bore you with Jackie, but I just wanted to show you a little bit of what they are. Good day, everyone. I'm Jackie. Lourdes Gantz, AI presenter, and today we're going to share with you the top 10 trends in sustainable aquaculture. Trend number one, sustainable seafood selection, reeling in success with stylish and responsible choices. We have the power as individuals to make a difference in protecting our oceans and preserving marine life through conscious seafood selection. By choosing sustainable seafood options, we not only ensure the health of our oceans, but also enjoy stylish and delicious meals that align with our values. Let's seize the opportunity to make a positive impact and become champions of sustainable seafood selection. So these are top 10 trends for 2023, but it's not just Trend that. As you can see, there's a lot of information online. There's also the top 10 aquaculture trends in 2023 data provided by Start Us Insights. So we can get amalgamated with all of this information, but what does matter is that how we do with this information. I want you to take action on what you're going to do and actually really jot down what that is as a, spe a specific action item after our conference in the, in today and tomorrow. So Oren talked a little bit about this because I saw this clip in one of his live events in October 2021 called Velocity, where there were CEOs and founders and investors in a group in Carlsbad, California, that he put together as a mastermind group, and he showed us this video. So if you're familiar with this show, it's the Game of Thrones wherein everybody is talking about winter is coming. What really is winter is coming? And Oren this morning talked a little bit about that. And so I present to you the first future trend, the age of distrust. Is winter actually coming? But I believe it's already here. Most of you are already feeling that with inflation, hyperinflation looming, the world is in chaos. Actually, in 2022, some Edelman produced a report called the Trust Barometer, that the world is facing a trust crisis. And what this does is it actually talks about what makes people trust each other and what are the important information that you need to know so that you can garner trust. So here are some of the reports that he did in the last 22 years of what it's like and the cycle of distrust was released last year. So. You can see here in this slide, the societal fears on the rise. Percent of people who worry about job loss, climate change, hackers, and cyber attacks, losing a freedom, your freedom as a citizen, and experiencing prejudice of racism. What else? The government and media fuel a cycle of distrust. We talked a little bit about that today when Matt was presenting. 
we also seen some of the lies that are being given. And so coming from journalists and reporters, 67%, 66% countries, government leaders, and 63% from business leaders are purposely trying to mislead people by saying things they know are false or gross exaggerations. So there's a lot of information that are in your slides that you can find, but I wanted to just focus on when trust declines for government and media. Interestingly, in this report, business is still only the trusted institution. And on that, this is also a statistic of why societal leaders are not trusted and the percentage of why that is. Failure of, failure of leadership makes distrust the default. Distrust is the default, no basis for peaceful debate. So again, a lot of information, but what are we going to do with all this information? So I'm just going to go through these slides because you can find it on your reference. But I wanted to highlight this particular slide. Prior to COVID, there are boom sectors and bus sectors. Exotechnology, travel and tourism and entertainment are the boom sectors. Retail and trade, construction and government are bus sectors. Post-pandemic, what brings trust are boom models, such as cash-positive organizations, decentralized and being global. While distrust are bus models if you have a lot of expenses, cash burn, centralized, and it's local. So just remember this slide for now, and I'm going to delve with it again later. So all stakeholders hold business accountable, and these are the percentage of the statistics based on that Edelman report. So again, you can take a look at this at your own pace, but what is now your next action step after hearing trend number one? Navigate distrust or mistrust, catch attention, earn time so that you can deserve trust. Trend number two, age of AI. How many of you have not heard the word AI, artificial intelligence in the last eight months, in the last three months? Well, we just heard it a lot this morning from Tony's presentation. So I wanted to show you a video next because this video slash movie was from 10 years ago. When's your birthday? I never had a birthday. His name is David. I feel it. That's creepy. No, that's not real. <laughs> In a distant future, in an age of intelligent machines, he is the first robotic child programmed to love and coexist as a member of a family. His is a tale of humanity and a journey to find his place among humans and machines. So that movie was actually from 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago now. So artificial intelligence is really not new. It's just being heightened right now. And a lot of people, when it's new, they're fearful. Artificial intelligence will human robots, humanoid robots replace us. Can you imagine if you're from the Stone Age and there's a lot of things that happened 
that's making you afraid of the cell phone because the cell phones now are really way advanced. And what are the tech, stocks, tech stocks that can predict earnings you can invest in? So we can take advantage of AI because the top 20 stocks in the S&P 500 already have artificial intelligence. We have Apple, Microsoft, Aramco, Alphabet, Amazon, Meta, Tesla, and NVIDIA. Is AI conscious? A Google engineer says that AI has become sentient. What does that actually mean? You've watched that movie from 10 years ago. Experts urge parent personhood rights for the conscious AIs of the future. So we were talking about taking action. I like to, again, really pat yourself on the back for being here today because you are part of the education revolution and you're training yourself on how to take advantage of the age of AI. But I also don't want you to get discouraged because there's a lot of technology happening. These are just some of the differences of what's going on in terms of education. As you know, it has been disrupted when Zoom was the main method of learning for schools. And then there's the five technology that you can list. Education technology, financial technology, green technology, medical technology, and space technology. So what are you doing right now to be able to take advantage of those? So I don't want you to get overwhelmed. So what is your lighthouse? What will be the vision so that you don't have the fear of missing out with all of this information is knowing your purpose. So if you scan this code and find out your purpose, you'd be able to know what your purpose is in connection with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And it's very important because all of this over information overload can get you distracted, can get you off course. For me, my purpose in connection with the UN SDG is no poverty. And education, UN SDG number four, was the tool that got me there. And so I'm sharing that now. Manatee Holdings are companies, UN SDG is in line with life below water, and it's now evolving to number 17, which is partnership for the goals. So drop on the chat later, what's your purpose in connection with the UN SDG? Scan this code so that you can find what that is, because we're excited to know what that is as well. Which leads me to trend number three, Society 5.0. So Japan actually launched Society 5.0 in 2019. So that's four years ago. But it's one, two, three, and four. So one is hunter gatherer society. 2.0 is agrarian society. 3.0 is industrial society. 4.0 is information society. 5.0 now is about a combination of being high tech and being high touch. So it talks about Internet of Things, but what really is an Internet of Things? So it's a technology that allows us to add a device to an inert object that can measure environmental parameters, generate associated data, and transmit them through a communications of network. So these are just some of the stuff that are really happening in the education industry. This was from the weforum.org agenda, wherein modern society has reached its limits and Society 5.0 will liberate us. So what's the difference between 5.0 and the fifth revolution and 4.0? So in terms of economies of scale, Society 5.0 is about problem solving and value creation, a society where value is created, compared to its liberation from focus on efficiency. And 
I heard one of my mentors from Genius Q, Roger Hamilton, talk about nowadays with AI and with information on your fingertips, it's about economies of speed versus economies of scale. Society 5.0 is also about diversity, a society where anyone can exercise diverse abilities compared to 4.0, which is about liberation from suppression of individuality. And then we talked about decentralization as a boom model compared to concentration. And then resilience and sustainability and environmental harmony is all part of 5.0. So what's the next action step? Let us help you create a comprehensive strategic roadmap with implementation timeline. So I highly encourage you to book a call with us. Michelle is going to support you here at Chief Partnerships Officer because we want to be part of your community and part of what's next for you. What's that for you? Which leads me to trend number four, powered community. So our main survival is to form a community. What is a community? It's a group of people with a common set of values and beliefs. When this is created, something remarkable happens. Like today, I'm really grateful that you are here today because this would not have happened without you without my team, without my sponsors, and the people who are supporting us who can't even be here today. So I would like your action step to be joining our LinkedIn community if you haven't already, because we would like to see you there to support you on your ongoing journey after the conference. Which leads me to trend number five, the blue ocean revolution. I don't know if you know, but Crunchbase just published two days ago seafood startups that got funding in the last two years, and it was remarkable. You've probably seen this. This was one September one, seven days ago. Icelandic Salmon Inc.'s 100 million euro loan agreement pursuing dual listing. Three weeks ago, you probably heard CH4 Global completed a 29 million Series B funding. They're a company harnessing the power of asparagopsis seaweed. Three weeks ago, also, well, this was from July 2023. E-Fishery secures 200 million funding. You heard Claire and Matt, I think, talking about this. Becomes Indonesia's first aquaculture unicorn. Nobody has heard of this happen in the aquaculture industry. So you know that the blue ocean revolution is already here. This was two months ago. This is almost three years ago, November 2020, and it's a little bit outdated, but West Coast Aquaculture in Sydney became the first company who had an IPO in cryptocurrency. Granting, I think they got delisted. It's probably just the second mouse will get the cheese, followed by the 100 monkeys syndrome. So what's your action step? I'd like to be able to know well, you already know this, it's a good time to have a list of what aquaculture or seafood companies are surfing the wave of green economy that you want to be involved in, to be involved with. And I'm really happy that you guys are taking action because this is the thing. The information is just knowledge, but without implementation, it will be very hard to ride the wave of the change, changes that are happening right now. So with that, I'd like to leave you to make a list. Uh, what are the companies that you want to be involved with? If you're an investor, what part of your portfolio is focused on aquaculture technology, food technology, and maybe even alternative protein seafood category? So thank you very much for your attention. I hope that you learned a thing or two from my presentation. And I look forward to know what your biggest takeaway from all these top five trends.
Thank you for listening and I hope you are inspired from this episode. Do take a moment and share this with your friends and colleagues and rate and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love to know what your biggest takeaway from this conversation has been. What are you going to do differently? Please share your thoughts across social media and tag us. For links and show notes for this episode, visit our website www.sustainableaquaculture.ca slash podcast. Thank you again. I hope you will join me on the next episode and together we can help create a better business in aquaculture.